This is the CineSnob Podcast. Welcome to episode 158 of the CineSnob Podcast. I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. What is it? Uh, weekend three of the um, the lockdown here, Cody? Yeah, something. Right? I don't know. I, I don't was know the, what time really is anymore. Was that the last time? How long ago did we have a theatrical film? So it uh, looks like Onward was Onward and the Way Back. Um, yeah, less than a month ago were the uh, last theatrical films that we saw, and of course, Onward's already on Disney Plus now as of this weekend. Yeah, I think I think the Way Back has the distinction of being the last movie I saw in a theater. Yeah, I think I think that's the same thing for me too. Uh, so yeah, here we are on week. Uh, this would be so that was um, yeah. So this is the uh, one, two, three, four, yeah, the fourth episode of uh, of lockdown content. So look at us. Uh, yeah, all it takes is a pandemic to keep us at home and watching <laughs> movies all the time suddenly it's easier for us to do this regularly when we don't have anything else to do <laughs> uh yeah and uh um we uh we also have a, a new episode of uh, re-mcu out right now if you want to go listen to that yeah that was just published today we talked about captain america which is a yeah. movie that i've been uh captain america the first avenger i should say that i've been looking forward to revisiting for a while and um I yeah have fun with it Shit, we uh, even launched a third podcast that should be out uh, <laughs> as this is out, or maybe in the coming days after. Yeah, uh, this is um, this 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 is Monday. You're going to be hearing this at the earliest because we have an embargo to uh, to keep to. But yeah, uh, that should hopefully be online coming here in the next couple days. Right, we're at the mercy of of Apple Podcasts. Yeah, Apple Podcasts takes a few days to put new shows up. So, uh, uh, but yeah, we've got a, a new show called Quarren Stream uh, that's available out there where we um, have uh, basically what we do is we talk to people in the entertainment industry um, about how quarantine has been affecting them and what they do in their performances and their art and uh and kind of have open honest discussions about that and then we uh swap uh recommendations for what we're watching and suggesting uh to watch while we're all locked up and it's not porn we're talking about movies here right it is not pornography yeah i mean i mean i guess that could work right sure i guess i mean i think there's (laughs) there might be like a uh too vast of an ocean to (laughs) to pick out a few drops but uh (laughs) <laughs> yeah um yeah probably wouldn't work too well uh yeah so speaking of uh being um stuck at home and having to stream stuff there's a brand new streaming service on the block cody and you and i got to take a uh early look at it and it's called quibi aka quick bites aka what <laughs> uh, no so it's um it's a new uh, streaming platform. You gave me the press release, so go ahead and uh, fill in some details there, would you? Yeah. So, so, so as you said, it's called Quibi, and this has been something that's kind of we we I think we teased last week, but um, it, it's been in the works for quite a while. Which is everything, all 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 of the content that is available is ten minutes or less. Um, so in the first year, they're going to have one hundred and seventy five original shows. Um, that are either scripted, unscripted, or kind of like daily, what they call daily essentials, which is um, like news or weather or, you know, kind of, you know, stuff that's more topical. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
it's it, it was founded by Jeffrey Katzenberg, um, and uh, and so uh, basically they really run with uh, content that is uh, ep- like episodic stuff um, that uh, that is like either documentary style or scripted. Um, and then they also have what they're calling movies and chapters, which is, um, uh, I, I guess they're, they're technically still shows, but they're calling them movies. It's, it's very weird the way that they're branding it, because yeah. even in their own content, it says, big stories told in chapters that are seven to ten minutes in length. Quibi is creating 30, 30 plus shows this year, but it's under the category of movies. So I, I, it, just by design, it's like ep- it's episodic. Stuff. Yeah, and the 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 one film that we did watch um, that we'll talk about here in a minute, it does feel like a, it feels like a TV show, right? Like it's it's episodic to that nature, um, even in the in the construction of it. Um, so this is a, a platform. It's only going to be available on your phone. Yes, uh, which is, I, I don't know about you, it's not my preferred way to watch anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's got a, a strange. Um, a sort of strange and novel approach to to that, though, in that you can watch it horizontally, uh, you know, landscape mode, uh, you know, full 16 by 9, or you can watch it in portrait mode where it kind of crops out this chunk of the middle of the screen. Yeah, I think that everything was made in mind to also work in portrait mode. So, so, it's, so it's, it's framed properly... Though you're missing, like if you if you tilt your phone, you can see that you're missing, you know, two thirds of the screen. But yeah, yeah. It, it, but it, but it's like framed properly, and it's interesting, and I think that it's it's an it's it's a novel idea. Though I don't know who the hell that's for. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, it feels like it. it look, so in 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 um, in the game of social media, which I'm in, uh, the idea for like Facebook video and Instagram video. Is you want that screen real estate maximized, and since most people are scrolling, you know, a port- portrait mode through um, through their phones, that's how like vertical video became acceptable to to the world. Is that that's how you're seeing it on social media because it's taking up more of the screen. I don't know if if I I can't imagine uh, that being the preferred way to watch any of this stuff. No, I mean I think people bitch when there's when there's like uh, movie trailers on Instagram or oh, whatever. Oh yeah, I hate that shit. Yeah, and it's it's, it's terrible. And so I I I understand why they're doing it. Um, I don't, and and I think honestly, it doesn't really take. I don't think they're encouraging people to watch that way. Other than the fact that if you're just holding your phone and the content plays, it's not going to tell you, "Hey, flip your phone over." Um, it'll let you watch in portrait mode, but. Other than that, I mean, I think it's just it just a, a function of the platform. I don't really think that it's meant to do that unless you well, truly want to. I, I think it. I, I would assume it, it's it's meant to because most platforms just just would you know um, the op, whatever the uh, other version of Letterbox is. <laughs> what am I trying to say? You know where, where you have the black bars on top and bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I just I I can't see anybody being. Because it's not, it's if you look at their advertising, it is a big appeal of it. Yeah, it's called their turnstile technology. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's definitely something that they've they've invested some time in. Because I noticed um, one of the shows we watched uh, was an updated of Punked. Yeah, which 
when you turned it on in the portrait mode, because I, I was flipping back and forth. Me too. Yeah. Um, it would show like different shots. Mm-hmm. Like it would it would put two shots together as opposed to like just cropping cropping it into one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I just I feel it's something that feels like a. Like if if technology goes this way, I'm I don't know what the fuck is going to happen to me. Like I just feel like I'm going to wither up and die if this becomes a preferred way to watch any sort of content <laughs> at all. <laughs> like any sort of like dramatic or or comedic or or any kind of episodic content. I mean, I can watch a Facebook live video or whatever, just some bullshit video vertically, but god damn it, I don't want to watch a movie <laughs> vertically. No, yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't I don't understand why anyone would do that. So let's um, talk about the con. Oh, go ahead, sir. Oh no, I was gonna, I was gonna do the same. So yeah. Oh yeah, let's talk about the content. Um, I didn't watch everything that was made available, but I think I took a nice sampling of it. Um, so let's start with with one of the big ones first. Uh, it's a movie told in parts called uh, uh, "Survive," and uh, it's from a, a studio called Gunpowder and Sky. Or production company, Gunpowder and Sky. Is that correct? I'm sorry. They're, they're a distributor. They're an indie distributor. Distributors. So one thing that I, we should say about Quibi is that they're not producing their own content. Um, the con- they're, so they're more of like a, a, a host or a distributor themselves. So like a bunch of different places are bringing them content. Like, like for example, one of the shows that we watch that we'll talk about is like a Funny or Die production. Um, and, and, and so uh, – yeah. So. So. Yeah. So. So. I mean, Gunpowder I mean, and Skies. Go ahead. That is a little bit of a misleading statement. I mean, this stuff is produced for Quibi. It's not like they're. It's not produced by Quibi. It's correct. It's right. A platform that is that but people it, but, are bringing their stuff to. Right. But it's not like they're streaming old episodes of The Office or some shit. You know, they're. It's all no. It's new content, content. That's original content. Yeah. And I, I just think that's something that gets a. That's a little muddy. I think when you say like, oh, they're not producing it. Well, yeah, but it's still it's. They're all Quibi exclusives that you're watching here. Right. Anyway. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. So, um, so yeah. So, Gunpowder and Sky is providing Quibi with with uh, Survive, and which is one of the movies and chapters, and then I believe some other content later this year. But, yeah. So, it's it, it's one of those things where, where it is – they call it a show, but it's also under the category of movies by chapter. And, it, I mean, look, no matter how you want to slice it and present it – if you have a piece of content that is shown in parts, it's a fucking series. Like it's yeah. not a movie. <laughs> like I don't I don't care how you frame that. It's a series. So that being said, um it it's it, it so most of the most of Quibi's content that I found was about six to seven minutes long. Um, that mm-hmm. seems to be like six minutes seems to be like the sweet spot for what most of what I watched was, um, and this extends to about ten minutes max. And so it's basically you're watching maybe a scene or two happen at a time. It's like an um, act, like yeah. an act, like an act of a show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so. Uh, yeah. So I, as far as survive goes, I don't really. It's not. It's not great. It's so, but I mean, one thing that you'll see as a common theme within a lot of this stuff is that there's actual there's a lot of star power behind um, yes about behind a lot of this content. So like, Survive stars Sophie Turner um, from Game of Thrones fame, mm-hmm. um, as well as Corey Hawkins from uh, Straight Outta Compton and um, a couple 20, other places. The twenty the, that twenty four reboot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The twenty four reboot. So um, it's it's sort of like a. Um, a mental illness type of uh, 
so like the, the Sophie Turner's character is in kind of like a psychiatric facility where she's a she has PTSD and she's suicidal and decides that she's going to kill herself on the plane ride home after she's left there and uh, and so it kind of explores that territory in in a bit of a dramatic way um it's very um it's very music driven it's very like it's it's, it's one of those that it's one of those shows that comes with the disclaimer about suicide um like if you need help yeah like it's very i don't i wouldn't call it graphic but it's very um the mood it puts you i don't want to say it puts you in the mood for suicide um that's not what i mean but it's very it's a very it's it's a big downer i guess is it is but also the but also the music is sort of like the music that you hear in like a psa like it's it's yeah yeah it, it's sort of like overly um dramatic music and and i, right. I don't it, it doesn't really i mean look i've i've worked in the mental health industry for a a while now and i don't think that it does any favors to <laughs> that's what i was that's kind of what i was trying to get at like it's a little suicide porny if that makes sense yeah i think it 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 fetishizes maybe is that the right word i think i think that works too yeah of of of, of you know suicide or, or being suicidal or like it's like just even the the script i mean i the script <laughs> doesn't just always ring true like there's an example of of like Sophie Turner referring to people in her life as suicides, like I was like my parents were suicides or something. And I've never like I've never heard anyone ever say that. Uh, <laughs> By the so, way, her yeah. her name is Jane Solace. Like okay, oh fuck, I, I didn't know that. I get it. <laughs> well, I, I, she said her name to to the uh, uh, Corey Hawkins character, and it was like. My name is uh, uh, Jane Solace. I'm like okay, all right, yeah, it's I got it. And it's a little, it's a little on the nose. And then, of course, it by the fourth, third or fourth chapter, um, it takes a pretty big turn. Where <laughs> yeah, uh, I was, it, it turns into like a melodrama, and uh, I was, I was t- completely checked out at that point. Yeah, and, and here's the thing: I think that that where Quibi is going to run into problems with something like this. Now, I don't know. Um, I don't know how often the like if it's going to be like once a week for something like this, but I don't know if you're going to be able to have a serialized thing that takes place over like so like this is like I think I believe this has like ten parts to it total or something like that. Um, are you going to watch a serialized thing five minutes at a time and wait a week and keep interest? I I don't I don't think I I, I wouldn't, but I I don't well, know. I know they're putting out content daily. Yes, that's a big part of so, and and I'll talk about that a little bit when we wrap up. But yeah, they're going to be putting out like twenty five ep- uh, pieces of content every single day. So, uh, look, I, I I can I can um, say that 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 survive for you know it's my lack of um, you know interest in in where it's going and uh, the storytelling wise uh, or you know the story beats it's make it's it's taking. I I can see being interested in it because it is. You know, if you're in that audience, because I would assume it's like a young adult drama is what you'd call it, even though like you know Corey Hawkins is in his 30s at this point. But, <laughs> yeah, um, and there's and it's and it's it's like rated R content too because it's it's graphic and there's language and stuff like that. But yeah. I would say yeah, it's it's more it's probably more geared toward younger people. As I mean, I imagine that it's going to end up being like one long PSA, but. You know. Yeah, and and for what it's worth, um, I told you this when I was watching it. I was going to experiment watching it all in portrait mode. Yeah, and for what it's worth, 
I mean, I, I don't like it, but I got used to it. Mm-hmm. It was weird, um, you know. But it, it and it's like some shots seemed like it was just one person in a room at some time at some point. But yeah, I don't. Was, I think you're missing like peripheral stuff. You're not missing like you're. I, I, I the one thing that I noticed when I was seeing it is like like occasionally with with like punked where you would see like Chance the Rapper there and you wouldn't see everyone surrounding him. Like yeah. th- like you were missing that occasionally, but you were getting the bulk of what was on screen. Yeah. Um. I, I just. Again, I just don't know this like short form content that people are going to want to pay for it because there seems like like I, I get it if if it's an original show like this, but uh, another show that 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 we watched that I enjoyed was Memory Hole. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, if you, I don't know if you, I'll pipe in if you want to talk about it first. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I just I mean that uh, like that's a it's a it's a fun little short. Kind of comedy skit, or it, not skit, but um, it's sort you know, of like, like it was like Tosh point basically. Yeah, and, and but I, I I feel like there's enough of that free content out there to satisfy that need. There if is you're looking uh, for it. There is I so so Memory Hole is is hosted, and I think maybe this is why it's premium content that's payworthy is that it's hosted by Will Arnett. Um, right, and and uh, and it's sort of like a Tosh point kind of. Uh, uh, thing where he's 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 basically bringing up old clips of things and, and providing just kind of sarcastic commentary about it. Um, I think for my money, uh, it was some of the best content that I sampled. There's mm-hmm. a there's an episode about uh the a, a retractable dome. Uh, no, that uh, was great, dude. It's I the, was it, the Sky yeah. Dome in Seattle. I mean, in Seattle, uh, Toronto. In Toronto. Dude, I was laughing my ass off at the writing of that. Uh, the, the writing is very sharp in pieces in that show, and, and Will Arnett kind of delivers it perfectly every time. Um, like, like, like talking about Alan Thicke hosting it and and calling him a cheese dick. <laughs> like, just... <laughs> that was great. No, I, I, uh, I, I, I'm the content was great. Um, you know, I again, I don't know though that that it's something that is worth a premium yeah you know it's for such a small amount of it um i mean it, quibi's gonna be free for like 90 the days. first 90 days which yeah. is crazy uh but at that point it's gonna be i think at least 599 uh it's, without ads or 499 yeah so the, the cost is gonna be 499 with ads and 799 without ads per month um and, and I'll, I'll get into it when we wrap up as to why i like why i kind of today i started to get it when i was watching memory hole today i i finally something clicked with me as to why i think it can work but i want to keep talking a little bit about content before we kind of wrap wrap that up so um so so the go ahead well i was gonna say my second favorite piece of content was um the uh it's called chrissy's court which is a, a a courtroom show uh hosted by Chrissy Teigen as the judge with uh, mm-hmm. her mom as the bailiff. And um, I, I feel like that, that, that show sort of had a little bit of chaos to it where like the first episode is completely chaotic and it's trying to do too much and it feels really staged. But then I don't know if you watched all three episodes, but um, I just watched one. I think oh, I watched the first one with the, the couple arguing over the, the, the Lizzo shirt. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, the one I watched. Oh, so you watched? Okay, so that was not the first one. The, the first one was about a guy who, uh, oh, the karaoke singer. No, okay, then okay. I, maybe I. 
it was a little confusing in the screener order yeah, sometimes. The, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. So so the Lizzo sweatshirt one was actually my favorite one of the bunch um, because it was like, it was they were arguing over like a $70 sweater and then and it just was so petty and really, and I think that was like, where it was really getting interesting is is to have like a, a courtroom show that's like Judge Judy style, but it's over like petty shit with Chrissy Teigen because she's very funny in the show and has a lot of like her a funny perspective on that kind of thing. And then the other episodes were just kind of maybe uh, too involved, I think. But that one was like the simplest version of it that I felt could work over a long period of time. I, I just I it, again I, I I personally think it felt too fake. Like it felt too, too put on Uh, and it's fine. I'm not, I'm not, I get it. Um, you know, you're watching it because you like Chrissy Teigen, you like her tweets, like you're not watching it because it feels real. It just didn't feel, I don't know. I, my wife loves those court shows. So I end up watching a, a shit ton of them for some reason. Um, and this one is the one that felt like, all right, it it's a skit. Like it's, I, I mean, it's fine. Uh, and Chrissy, I, you know, I, I like Chrissy Teigen and her mom is funny, but it's just, it's just fine to me. It's not great. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to move on. Uh, the other kind of marquee piece, um, that I watched, uh, that I think is probably the biggest name on this driving it initially is Punked, uh, yeah. a reboot of Punked, uh, this time hosted by Chance the Rapper instead of, uh, Ashton Kutcher. And, um, I don't know. You and I talked about this. Uh, did you actually watch Punked when it was on? Yeah, I did. Okay, I never really did. I was aware of it. I, I'd seen episodes here and there, um, but yeah. it does. And well, it's weird because because Punked was, I, and I watched it like like as episodes were airing. Like I was a big fan of it, and it's weird because it it, it sort of launched a couple careers. Uh, like uh, like Dak Shepard got his like big break on punked um and also right. bj novak as well um mm-hmm. and and so it was sort of like it was a place where like a lot of like improv guys were like hitting a lot of good work um because they were you know they had to be quick on their feet working in these situations and stuff like that so um it, it had like it, it had an interesting comedy place but it also felt like and, and it's it's weird because like punk was always like over the top but I, I don't remember it ever feeling super mean spirited, um, and almost right off the bat, this this iteration of punk feels a little mean spirited. It's very weird. Well, you were saying this this, and I agree. It feels like a relic. Like it doesn't yeah. feel like it's, um, you know, it doesn't feel like it means anything. It means as much anymore as this time in this time where we're supposed to be kinder to each other. Yes, uh, where like mean humor is not really as tolerated as it used to be. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that the other thing that makes it feel like a relic is just like, I, I don't like the concept of a, I mean, first of all, I didn't, I, I, I don't really know who the celebrities are that they're pranking in the first three episodes. Um, oh, I do. I mean, well, the, Sabrina Carpenter um, is in the first episode and she was on uh, Girl Meets World. Again, I, the yeah. boy The Boy Meets World reboot. I, I just, we, we tried, we sampled a few episodes. That's how I know. Um, and then, uh, Liza Koshe is like a YouTuber who hosted the Double Dare reboot. Mm-hmm. Again, no and idea. Then, and Megan the Stallion is a hip hop artist. I mean, yeah. So, and like, and like some of the, like, for like the, like the Meg the Stallion one is ridiculous and like completely bad, like over the top, not even 
a little believable. Um, <sighs> and, and I don't know, like, there's something about the, the whole, like, um, like I, 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 it's hard to put a finger on it other than it just feels like really outdated. Like it feels like a, a conceptually outdated thing to, to be like pranking celebrities. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So at the beginning, um, the Sabrina Carpenter episode, like she ends up crying real tears. Yeah. Like it's not, it gets really grim. Like, and they don't like instantly like cut it off. Like they let, they let her sit in that for a little while too. And then the, the Liza Koshe, um segment, like, it just, all it does is show just how genuinely nice she was, like, to, to somebody that she randomly ran into. Like, it, it's, it's, it, that one's, like, an, abs- it, that one almost is, um like, a, a great example of, like, escalating absurdity. It doesn't really ever get as funny as it should, but, like, just the fact that, like, she gets roped into something, um that that keeps getting weirder and weirder i i think could have been really genius if it was funnier mm-hmm. and the the megan the stallion or meg the stallion one was that was just stupid and yeah like i again i i don't believe it and if if it was real like it's like she was literally gonna leave a guy to die <laughs> right <laughs> uh yeah I, I just it feels like it again it's i mean it's fine it's if you're looking for new punked content, then sure, why not? But um, yeah, did you uh, did you watch Flipped? I watched the first episode. Okay, so so one of the uh, other series that's going to be available at launch is called Flipped, which is a, a show with uh, with Will Forte and Caitlin Olson again getting like premium headline headlining you know stars for for this and. Uh, it's a show basically where they they decide that they're going to um, flip a house to try to to try to get on like a one of those you know remodeled shows. Uh, and and I I watched the I watched the first episode and, and I just got to say like it's uh it's like a celebrity house flipping couple and it's the it's uh, um, Jerry Connolly and Rebecca Romaine. Jerry O'Connell. And, yeah, I'm sorry, Jerry Connolly. What's my problem? Uh. Uh, and it was like pros and Connells or something. Yeah, pros uh, and anyway. Connellys, I think. Pro- right? Yeah, something like that. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So, uh, and so basically, what happens by the third episode is you find out. Um, well, not by the third episode. Well, I guess by the third episode that um, they do it by some money that they find in like a shitty house and that it's owned by the cartel. So, and then I don't know what happens because that's the extent to what we saw. So. You know, God bless Will Forte for always giving his all, and then no matter what, um, <laughs> you know, I, th- th- here's here's the problem, and here's why it feels weird. So these are these episodes are six minutes long, and like essentially, it, it's it, and you made this point, which was exactly accurate, that because it's like a, a a TV show, it's it's going to sort of have like a three act structure and be scr- and be grouped into like. Uh, three episodes at a time because that's the natural length of a TV show. A TV show is what, like 22 minutes? So you yeah. figure, you know, s- three bites of six and you're going to have your full episode in three uh, in three quibbies or whatever the fuck we're calling these things. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> so, uh, so really what it feels like is almost as if you're like the first episode of Flipped feels like the first act of a pilot. And so... Mm-hmm. 
and so the the problem is it's not satisfying at all. Like you watch what happens and you're like, okay, like that's like the first scene in a pilot. Like what happens next? And it's and it it doesn't leave it didn't leave me wanting for more as it much as much as it annoyed me that like that like it's 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 almost nothing. And so I I I think that's going to be the problem again when you have a serialized story that's happening five minutes at a time, and that's the only ground you're going to gain until uh, presumably a week or a few days later at minimum. And I think that it's it's such a weird model to have in the like the age of binge that you're going to put out only five minutes of a time of a story that's supposed to be cohesive because things like Memory Hole or Punked or Chrissy's Court or whatever, you know, you can handle th- – those are self-contained six minutes of content. And so right. – you know, there's no there's no reason to tune in every single week at the same time to catch up on the story. It's just you're getting the content that's there. And I think that's where Quibi's going to shine is in that kind of stuff. And I'll explain that a little bit in a minute. But I think when you when it comes to stuff that is serialized, it's following a a a a, a story that's happening over the course of, you know, ultimately an hour, which in that case is like 10 episodes, which is crazy um, <laughs> to think about. Uh, I, I just, it just, the appeal kind of disappears for me. Yeah. I, I mean, if it were, if there wasn't a way to just, you know, say, hey, we're going to group all these together and this is what, you know, you can watch them in 10 minute chunks. I think that's kind of the appeal. Uh, but for them to be released in, and again, I don't know what they're how they're going to release them, but like you said, like a, a six minute chunk of a Will Forte comedy is not satisfying. Like it's not like it's the first act of something. But if you can watch those and and maybe divide them into chunks, or not divide them, but um, you know, group those chunks together, then maybe, um, and you don't feel the pressure. Like because I think that's probably the one of the biggest problems with streaming that I have is there's no real, it, it never really feels like there's a natural stop point in some of these shows because of the way they're made. Right. So like, if you could be like, okay, at this commercial break or this break, I'm going to stop and pick it up later. Um, and maybe that's the appeal that I could see happening. I, I just, I don't think that the serialized content like that is going to be well received. Cause it feels like a sitcom reverse engineered. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas something like, um, uh, uh, survive at least feels like it's a different way to tell a story. But but the thing is, and I think this is where they run into problems, is that naturally, I, I think that if you're going to have any piece of content, you ideally want it to have an act structure, right? You want it to have, like it, like it feels like each episode that you have is a complete thing that stands on its own. And you can't go through like a three-act arc in six minutes. So... So nothing when you're watching that content no, it does it doesn't have like a natural end point it's just the end of a scene that's just cut off. So no, it's true 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 true. Yeah. So so I think that that's the big problem too is that so like in survive they're they're not wrapping up at a natural point to where you're like okay more to come next week or whatever. It's just you know the end of the scene that fits within the time frame and and then that's it. So it doesn't feel satisfying to watch something where you're just watching a scene that's out of context, but yet it's standing on its own as a chapter or something like that. It just, it it doesn't compute for me. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the point is kind of uh, trying to, to get away from that in some respects, but I don't think that, that the, the sitcoms pulled apart and rearranged are the way to do that. Uh, 
look, I, I don't know. I, I don't get it all the way. And I'm really curious how this, this fares. I think we, we've, we've talked enough about this. I didn't watch all the content. Is there anything else that you, uh, that you wanted to bring up? No, I, I think I, that's all that I watched is what we talked about. I watch a lot of cooking shows, um, as is. And I watched this, I watched a show called Dishmantled, um, that's hosted by mm-hmm. Titus Burgess. Um, and mm-hmm. basic, and it's like, I, I like, it, it's it's got the weirdest fucking premise. Like, so basically, what happens is chefs are blindfolded, and uh, and they are put into this like booth where they shoot a dish out of a cannon at them, <laughs> and then they have to use their taste buds to to like crawl on the ground and pick off their face and taste a dish, and then they have to try to recreate it. And the closest one that gets to it wins you know like twenty five thousand dollars or whatever so like i don't understand why they don't just like blind taste test a dish like they have to like shoot it at them out of a cannon like it's (laughs) there's no reason for it other than just to be ridiculous um and it was fine you know and again like good guest judges and stuff on that show you got a a good uh host and you know again six seven minutes long and 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 this is just getting to the point because we can go ahead and wrap up on the content side the the way that I can see it working is that I feel like, you know, in in, in we're, we're, um, well, we're in the age of like where a lot of small clips of things are sort of going viral in that way, and that even stuff like talk shows and, and Conan talks about it all the time, how people are watching his show on YouTube more than they're watching it on TV. And, you know, these remotes that he does or, you know, clips that he does from his show are all fragmented and segmented and put on YouTube and consumed millions and millions of time. So so the the there is nature – I'm sorry. There is a need for um, small bite-sized content because it's thriving right now. However, like you had said previously, it's all free right now up until this point where you can just climb onto YouTube and watch whatever. So I think – the way that I can see it being successful is the fact that it has 25 new pieces of content a day. So I can see this being built into someone's daily routine where they where they wake up or at lunch, scroll through Twitter and th- scroll through inst- through Instagram, and then open Quibi and kind of scroll through the daily content that's up and watch episodes of you know comedy or documentary or or kind of fill you know, five or six minutes at a time throughout their day and, and watch the content or, or group it. And, and, you know, in 30 minutes, you can knock out five different shows. So I can see the benefit of it being like a curated space of content that that people can kind of just passively watch throughout the day or, or build it into a daily routine and have it be fresh every single day. That's where I think it can make a difference. Now, I still think it has problems when it when it's going to come to narrative stuff as well as uh, stuff that is serialized. But I think that some of the other content can do pretty well there um, as part of you know the daily checking of the phone routine. Yeah, I look, I I I just don't think you can reverse engineer a a, a viral clip, and I think that's the mistake lots of people make. Is trying to re, uh, you know, to trying to artificially create this bite-sized content that people want to see, and I get it if it's a segment of a show, but you know, trying to throw out like a segment of, um, uh, you know, of a of a story is is weird, and again, like you you mentioned, I don't think the narrative stuff has a has a as much of a shot as something like Memory Hole or something like Chrissy's Court or whatever, just that it's short enough. 
man, I, I just don't know. I, 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 I guess maybe this could be someone's daily routine, but I mean, I, I just don't know how you justify paying for it. I just don't mm-hmm. know. Personally, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, there's I, so much free content. There's so many podcasts, you know, whatever else you're, you know, everything on YouTube. I mean, it's just, I don't know. And I am truly fascinated to see what happens because again, th- they have to be throwing a shitload of money at this because they're, they're, you know, the, the level of talent that is av- available through this, like just some of the names, um, uh, like I know that there's going to be a, a show that comes out uh, with Idris Elba, like a car show with Idris Elba oh, yeah. that's going to be on it, and um, and uh, I think Zac Efron has a, a, a like a reality show that he's do- like a wilderness show that Zac Efron's doing or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, something. And then there's the Spielberg one that you can only watch at night. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so I mean. Like I mentioned, it's all original stuff. Like it's not like they just picked up a bunch of reruns to to throw at you too. I mean, that's the thing is like there's a, I mean, it's just a ton of effort being put into this thing that I don't, I don't. I mean, again, I don't. It sounds like something that would. Uh, I think I read this on the Ringer, so I don't want to take it as my own. It sounds like a Gavin Belson idea <laughs> from, from Silicon Valley. So, uh, I again, I, I don't, I don't, I I can't imagine enough people paying for this thing i can't either um though i am interested to see and and i'm i hey i signed up for the 90 days i'm gonna i'm gonna try it i'm gonna see what happens <laughs> but i am not paying for it <laughs> i mean unless <laughs> i mean unless the content blows me away and and based on what i've seen it doesn't but um but yeah and, and the fact too and we should really stress this it's not going to have a tv app it's not going to have a tv functionality this is only available on your phone I think this point in time, uh, especially now that we're in where everyone's stuck at home, I don't think I think not having a TV app is probably going to be a um, a bad move if this continues on much longer, because everything else has a TV app. You know yeah. what? I, I don't I don't get I don't get not having the TV app. I don't I don't understand the point of that. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't seem to make any sense to me. Like yeah. I, I get that I get that you're you want to like oh you can watch it vertically who gives a fuck why don't you have a TV app if if you're making the content available that's gonna fit on your TV and you want people to consume it you need a TV app or you need to at least be able to to cast it and you can't even do that so yeah um yeah I'm again I I, I don't have high hopes for Quibi uh, you know fast forward to a year from now when we're talking about all the new releases and the Oscar winning <laughs> films that they've. Released. <laughs> Man, when Kobe uh, wins its first Oscar, I'm gonna bite my tongue. Yep, yep, it's all it's all quick bites from here on out. All right, uh, let's go ahead and move on to reviews. Here are this week's reviews. First up, we have Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. That looks like a positive. Um, if it's positive, is there any way it could be negative? No. A positive is always a positive. So this is uh, sort of a small independent film that you saw in theaters, right, Cody? Like a sc- as a previous uh, press screening? Yeah, yeah, this was supposed to come out um like right in the throes of of 
you know, COVID-19 coming out. And so they screened it for press about, at this point, about a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's getting probably a bigger platform than it ever would have mm-hmm. um, being this is the the week's only major new release, um, you know, other than some stuff that, that had already been out, you know, coming to VOD. But yeah, so this movie is probably getting a higher profile than it ever would have mm-hmm. thanks to uh, COVID-19. Uh, what did you think of Never Rarely, Sometimes Always? Well, you know, I, uh, it is a it, look, I mean, as a disclaimer to start off, it is not the most fun movie to watch. Uh, the subject matter is pretty heavy, um, which is it's it's basically a film about a teenage girl um, essentially having to cross state lines to get an abortion. Um, and uh, I, I, it, the, I'll, I mean, look, the movie blew me away, uh, and and I think that it's 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 an incredibly well made movie, and in in quite possibly a movie that has more empathy than anything I've seen in a long time. Um, I, I, so first and foremost, the, the girl, I don't, I forgot to open IMDb uh, in front of me, but uh, the, the lead, the lead actress in the movie, um, which I'm getting right now, uh, she's never uh, acted before. This is her first time ever being in anything. Yeah, she's and, a, uh, she's, and a, she's really incredible. She's a singer songwriter. Yeah, she's actually a, um, a okay. singer-songwriter, I, from what I've read. Anyway. Okay, uh, yeah, so her name is Sydney you, Flanagan. Have you found her yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, this is her first acting role in anything, and uh, and she's she's very... She does a lot of things quietly and subtly um, that... Uh, that that really stand out as being powerful and 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 I think that you know the the whole thing kind of hinges on this relationship between and her and her cousin um who goes with her and um and and that relationship I think works really well within the context of it um the the interesting thing about it too is that it's it's a PG it's rated PG um which oh, is, is it? it is which is stunning considering not only is the subject matter super intense, but like there's some very intense conversations that happen. Um, and, and like prior to getting the abortion, she kind of does some stuff to, uh, to maybe send that along the path. That's kind of really, again, difficult to watch. Um, but it never feels, um, at any point, uh, to me, like it is exploitive in any way. And I think that's, it's, it's told like very, um, like I said, empathetically, um, and also, you know, you really just kind of feel for the situation that this person in is, is in, and and especially when you get to see where the title comes from. That scene in particular, like, kind of hits like a ton of bricks too, um, because of not only the you know the weight of the situation and the implications of the situation, but also the performance from Sidney Flanagan uh, in that moment. So. You know, it's not like I said; it's not the easiest movie to watch, but um, goddamn, it's really good. Yeah, I, I, it's it is really good. Um, I found it honestly, though, to be a little more of a slice of life than I was expecting. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't really give you much insight into into these characters and and what motivates them. I mean, other than you know. She, the, the main character, um, um, oh shit, what is her name? Uh, the main character, Autumn, finds herself in a, in a, you know, finds herself pregnant 
And in, you know, looking for an abortion and she lives in rural Pennsylvania where, you know, she needs to have her, her parents permission. So her cousin, um, and her like go kind of wordlessly, she figures out what's going on and they go to, you know, they're going to New York city for her to have an abortion. Um, you know, there's some stuff hinted at, I think, um, especially in the scene that the title, uh, that gives the movie the title, Mm -hmm. um, kind of that you know as to why this maybe happened um you know i i kind of i mean it sounds terrible to say that i wish i knew why it happened but you know it doesn't really give a lot of uh character motivation for like it doesn't really give a lot of i'm sorry not motivation but backstory to what you know this girl's life was before like you see little tiny hints of it like her dad's an asshole sort of and uh her mom hands her a beer like mm-hmm. while they're watching TV. Um, and then uh, for, and then another thing that struck me a little odd, but again, I don't know if this is coming from a place of reality, you know, that's informing the story or not, but like every guy, every male character in the story has some level of like shittiness to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even the, the, the character that ends up being rather helpful has some sort of shittiness to him. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know. It just, it doesn't feel as fleshed out as I'd like it to feel. I mean, as, as a tiny little slice of, of this, you know, the, these two teenage girls' lives, I think it's, it works really well. I just wish there were a little more to it. I don't think it's bad. I just think that it's a little, um, it's a little tough to penetrate. I think so I disagree on on those counts because I think that that's kind of what adds to the like how powerful the movie is as, as an experience because I think that that it is it, there's a lot of implications as to what her home life looks like and um and and what she's having to experience and going through and, and maybe what happened but I I think that that to to figure out how she got in that position in the first place is to sort of lose the point because I don't think that it really matters at the grand scheme of things, because I mean, she's in this situation that she's in and clearly something traumatic happened to her and has been happening to her. Um, and, 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 and especially in the scene that that's in question, I mean, I think that tells you everything that you need to know. Um, and that's a really, that, that scene is really powerful. It's all one take mm-hmm. of her, uh, you know, looking at, um, her face. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I and, yeah, and so I, I think that, that that scene informs, for me, that scene was enough. And I think the, the character who is helpful to them in some way, I think that that's also powerful because I think it kind of goes to show, and I don't think it's an implication on all men, but I think it's 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 showing sort of the sacrifice in a, way, in a lot of ways, one, that, that the cousin has to put through in order to take care of, the you know, her cousin in the situation, but also, you know, the the... The, the motivations and in, in like the um the potential motivations like the it's like the predatory behavior that you know that maybe i don't know how many but i'm assuming a lot of women have to experience in a situation where they're just trying to you know but is is he ultimately predatory though i mean i think yes but see i disagree i think he's like there's some elements that make you feel like that but then there's other things that like I don't necessarily feel like the uh the character of the cousin was 
Maybe I'm reading it wrong. I don't feel like she was an unwilling participant. No, in... she was very uncomfortable. There was a lot of, there's a lot, like, do you not remember the scene where she's, like, holding her cousin's hand across the corner when they're, like... Yeah, but... To me, to me again, it's, like, it's like very small, subtle moments like that that don't need to be overt, but that little thing tells you, tell, again, me everything I need to know, which was that she was extremely uncomfortable in that moment, and she was holding her hand for support because she was, she knew that she was doing something she did want to be doing to try to help them um, out man i don't know i don't know that that's communicated at all for me uh, well, i mean why other why other reason would she have to grab her hand like that i i i don't know because i mean to I, me the implication is that he's not going to help them unless like she does stuff with him you know like that's that to me that was not, that was yeah but by blatant. the end of it but uh, again i don't know i, I and anything i say is going to sound like no, I, Some I, sort of terrible victim blaming, and that's not what I mean at all. I know, I, mean, I, just, the, I think we just interpreted it differently. I just think, I mean, you know, the, at some point she lies about her age to the guy, um, you know, because he's, you know, a, a clearly off-put by the fact that she's not old enough to drink, and when she says, oh, I'm 20, then it becomes okay. Um, and I think I, that, I, I that was a means to try to keep him around. Yeah, but I, I I don't know that that was communicated well enough. I, I just I, again I just don't feel like that. If this guy was supposed to be some sort of, um, you know, um, you know, good guy that still has some sort of bad intentions, I don't think that was was well put at all. I think the like the supermarket guy is a cartoon character. Um, the one that like they turn their money into, yeah. I, I don't understand that one at all. Um, I, I, again, I, I you know I don't want to sound like anything I'm, I'm saying is is coming across as me like blaming a victim or anything. I just don't think the movie communicated it clearly enough for my tastes. Yeah, and then again, I, like I said, where we differ is that I think that that those are the moments of subtlety that really make it work. Because I, I, I at no point was I confused about any motivation from anyone. I felt like it was made pretty clear for me, for my taste. And and I think, like I said, that's, and and again, it's just a differing of how we interpreted things because I I feel like that's the thing that, that really makes it stand out to me is those moments of subtlety um, where they don't necessarily have to be overt, but you get everything you need to know from, like, it's not, it's not, um, you know, something where they have to spell it out completely. Um, and I think, and I think almost in, in a lot of ways it, it hits a little bit harder because you make that connection in your brain, like, oh shit, like this is like, you know, and like I said, that's why I think it's really empathetic of a movie because I think that it really makes you feel for the characters, but done in a way where it's not exploitive, where, um, where you're just kind of like, yeah, this, I, I can't imagine what this girl is going through in this process. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, obviously it's, um, you know, not something I'll ever experience in in the manner that this movie presents it in and that's not my you know not my judgment to make i just feel like there's some kind of shorthand here that i'm either not connecting with or or isn't working doesn't work as well as the movie thinks it does um and you know it's it's minor stuff because i think ultimately the the movie is 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 really well done and some great performances a lot of like wordless performances i think is mm-hmm. or a lot of not wordless performances but wordless scenes and and just sort of stuff that goes unspoken is is that's really rare and it it was it was uh pretty powerful i thought yeah uh, anyway what's your go ahead sorry didn't 
Well, no, I, I, I just, I, I kind of wonder what the implications of it. I, I feel like it's, and, and I don't, I can't imagine them ever doing this, but I feel like it's rated PG for a reason. Like, I feel like, like this could be shown to students, maybe, perhaps in some progressive areas. Like, I feel like it can be watched by teenagers or, or, or you know, kids under the age of thirteen if it's not PG thirteen, and, and provide kind of like a, an, like a, an interesting. Um, you know, open-minded, non-judgmental look at, you know, teenage pregnancy, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, yeah, so we can go ahead and move on. <laughs> to yeah. Okay. What's your grade for never, rarely, sometimes, always? You know, I wanted to watch it. I didn't get a chance to rent it, um, this weekend. So I'm, I'm, I'm basing it off of my, my opinion about a month ago. Um, and I think it is the best movie I've seen this year, um, pretty handily so uh i give uh, it a- we're, hey hold on we're gonna talk about coffee and <laughs> here in okay. a second. i don't i may have showed my hand okay fine uh yeah so i think it's 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 the best movie i've seen this year it is well worth your time if you're gonna watch anything in quarantine that you want to have like a really great movie experience i think this is well not a great movie experience but watch a great <laughs> movie <laughs> uh, i mean it's not it's not really a um it's not a it's not a uh, crowd pleaser i don't think it's, no uh, it's it's not sobering it's not, but it's. I but I found it to be incredible. I'm giving it a B plus. I do think it has a minus potential. I would need to watch it again, but it is for sure a B plus and for sure the best thing I've seen this year. I'm gonna give it a B. I I, I had my issues with um, kind of connecting the dots, but I, I still think it's a, a really well done film. And it's it's kind of impressive that it's um, you know, it's not getting lost in the noise. Mm-hmm. at this point because i think in the theater it would have you yeah know. And, and and i don't know if if you follow these people on on social media but people like barry jenkins and mark duplass were giving away um rental codes this weekend to to people online um trying to get them to get them and encourage them to watch it and, and really trying to push the movie forward so which was kind of cool to see they had like fandango codes that they were giving out to like the first 50 people who emailed them so um yeah, it's it's got a lot of uh, independent film types uh, really behind it, and um, and yeah, I, I'm 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 hopeful that uh, people will watch and, and and give it a chance because I think it's um, it's a special movie. Well, I mean, it's definitely going to be on one of either side of the of a culture war. So that's true. Yeah, so it's uh it's probably not a Thanksgiving uh, watch with your family <laughs> film. Okay, let's go ahead and move on to our last movie, Coffee and Kareem. Kareem needs to go by a friend's house after school. And he asked that you pick him up. When my mom dated this one guy, we became BFFs. You were BFFs with a grown-ass man? There's literally documentaries on Netflix about why that's so sick and fucked up. I think that's a different... You expect us to be BF... Fuck out of my face, man. Uh, good talk. Welcome back to my channel. Remember when I told you about that white cop who was humping my mom? Well, now you see what happens when you fuck with me. Pig stuck his dick in the wrong blanket. Hey, Stan, that you've been talking about to deal. Oh, shit. Hey, who's back there? Green, run! Go, go! Get it! Back up, y'all. Your dick is rubbing against my ass. Well, then turn towards me. I don't want to rub dicks either. Is everything okay? This all started when your son tried to have me killed because he saw us having sex this morning. Now the most dangerous drug dealers in Detroit are trying to kill us. Oh, why did I date a white guy? My friend Sharon was right. All of you are fucked up. Yes, Coffee and Kareem, as in Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, but it's not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It's some kid named Kareem. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a Netflix film. 
Um, a comedy? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, uh, starring Ed Helms, um, directed by the guy who directed Stuber, which I never did see. Yeah, did he you? also, uh, I did. It sucks. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, he also directed Goon, which I really love. Oh, yeah, yeah. He didn't do the second Goon, I guess. No, I think I never Jay Baruchel made the second Goon, if I'm not mistaken. Ah, okay. So, yeah, this uh, premiered on Netflix. Uh, how did you, what did you think of uh, Coffee and Kareem? I think that it was, uh, man, it, it's, <laughs> I'm not going to say that it's not, it's uh, completely not funny, because I think that there are some legitimate funny moments in it, and some funny lines, and I think that uh, that Ed Helms is trying. Uh, <laughs> so basically, it's sort of like, um, like, a, like a kid, a, a, the synopsis is essentially a white cop played by Ed Helms, obviously, <laughs> is uh, is <laughs> is dating a, a black woman, and she has a son, and in, uh, the son is trying to get him killed, basically, uh, and they end up setting off a chain of events that has them kind of running from a very dangerous person and uh, in a dirty cop. Um, so um, I'll start with... I'll keep going with the good. I think that there are some funny moments. I think that... Um, some of the dialogue and the banter between Ed Helms and the kid are can be pretty funny. Um, the kid is 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 a, 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 a in the long line of vulgar kid movies. I he's played by an actor named Terrence uh, Little Garden. I I fucking hated this kid the entire fucking movie. I I think that the the major misstep it makes is that the kid is like an unrepentant asshole. And yeah, and I think that like there's there's a moment where they are they're finding out they're in trouble and 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 I know that this and I don't know that this should bother me as much as it did but I was so annoyed that the kid continued to try to like get Ed Helms killed when they were both trying to like get away safely and the kid's just an asshole like he's just he's he's an asshole through and through the whole time and I yeah. and there are some funny parts I don't think that the kid's like a bad actor or anything I think the way he's written is no I I don't have a problem with the with the actor I just like the, the character of the kid I, I should have clarified the yeah. character fucking sucks yeah the the character is not great I think my favorite part of the movie um to harken it back to a week or two ago is Betty Gilpin, I think is the best part <laughs> yep. of the movie by far. Yeah. Uh, Betty Gilpin uh, plays uh, a cop who, who, who sort of starts off as like a superstar cop, but very quickly you realize that she's dirty and she sort of, uh, she's sort of like a badass, and then like slowly starts to unravel. Um, and, uh, and she is clearly having a great time. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I, and I really enjoyed her performance cause it's kind of, like crazy and unhinged enough, like just like just enough to where it feels uh, like like you can mine a lot of laughs out of that. And she's very funny um, in 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 her role. Um, that being said, um, it, it it you know you're it, you're gonna vary on on how much of the human like it's very like dick joke heavy, um, and uh, and I don't, I don't really know that it has much to offer other than dick jokes, um, especially like a, <laughs> like a lot of like um like gay humor too um at the ex in like in like mixed in with like the implications of him like like, like the kid is trying to constantly convince people that he's molesting him and stuff like it's <laughs> yeah 
I don't know, man. I I I I don't want to sit here and say that it was that I didn't laugh because I did laugh out loud a, a few times, but um, for the most part, it just it's it's obnoxious, and also the the relationship between him and the kid just doesn't work because the kid's such a dick. <sighs> yeah, uh, and you know, Ed Helms is is back to playing kind of the the same sort of sad sack character he played, I guess, in like. I hangover. guess in the hangover. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and elsewhere, um, you know, he's this kind of inept, um, you know, uh, goofy Detroit cop. But he's like, a t- uh, and I think, who- and I think one of the things that, that is a little bit funny is that he's just a terrible cop, but at some point he's, he's so bad that you can't imagine that he's a cop. But I did laugh at the, like the footage of him, like chasing the guy around his car and then the guy just stealing his cop car. I don't, yeah, I don't know why I find uh, that funny. Uh, I just think it's, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't really ever come together that, first of all, so, so the, the Kareem's mother is played by Taraji P. Henson, who's also just horribly mean. Yeah. To, uh, to Ed Helms' character at the same time. So it's a weird, like, there's no reason for him to be in love with her. And she defends Kareem. Like, Kareem is, the kid is an un, like, like you said, an unrepentant asshole, like, just a terrible kid. Uh, and he, she defends him the whole time and it, it becomes a weird thing where you're just watching people like shit on Ed Helms. Yeah. And it's not necessarily funny. Like there are funny jokes. I'm not going to lie. Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but there were times I was like, oh, that was kind of funny. But most of the time it's just the same shit with the kids, you know, you know, making fun of Ed Helms' dick or something, and and or whatever, and, and trying to to say that he raped him and and all this other stuff, and it just gets old really quick. Yeah, there's like the a it, there's there's a part where the, like the the kid was saying that he that Ed Helms needed to be tougher, so he had to like say gayer and gayer things, and then Ed Helms tries it and he ends up saying romantic things. That okay, that's funny, <laughs> um, in and of itself, but like it just does not. Like, it does not, it doesn't really get anywhere and it doesn't change any dynamic. Like, they don't become like better friends or anything or like, you know, partners, so, so to speak. It's just the kid's still a fucking asshole to Ed Helms by the end of the film. Uh, and I, I again, I, I will agree that Betty Gilpin is the best part and like how she's especially unhinged in that final scene is, is really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I, I don't I, I just don't think it's it's funny at all. The the kid being an asshole. I think it that that sh- well has really run dry, I think, in in comedy films. And I think this is probably the like dancing on the grave of it, uh, just because it's like it's just not funny at all to me. I don't know if you felt any laughs from from the Kareem character, but like a few any of his. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, a, f- a few. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. A few, though. I, I think that the character in particular became grating, um, and uh, and and I think again, like I said, the like the the fact that he's a, an unchanging asshole who sort of like who like drags his his mom's re- like happy relationship through the mud. Uh, <laughs> it, it, yeah. it just feels like a, it's just a dick, you know. And so I I don't know I. I, I I probably laughed out loud somewhere between like five to ten times, uh, and and I, I, don't think I yeah, I don't think I even got five. 
I was I was very very not happy with this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um anyway, uh what's your grade for Coffee and Kareem? Uh I give it a C. It's it's not great, but it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. D plus. Ooh. D plus. Fuck this movie. But it's on Netflix right now if you want to go watch it. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I was not um I was not a fan at all. All right, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, next week, shit, what is happening next week? So we got a couple. Um, Do you know? We, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have, um, there's a Netflix movie coming out called Tiger Tail. Um, it is the featured directorial debut of Alan Yang, um, who was a writer on Parks and Rec, and then he he's uh, the collaborative co-creator of Master of None with Aziz Ansari. Um, so... It's a it's a movie that uh, is coming out on Netflix on Friday. So um, looking forward to it because Alan Yang is is a good writer and um, okay. has a lot of really strong credits behind him. Also, Jared, there is a movie that I want us to watch. Um, it is a movie that premiered oh. at uh, Fantastic Fest uh, this past year, and uh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna give you the title and the synopsis because apparently it is. Uh, it is a much better movie than the title uh, indicates. Uh, the movie is called Butt Boy. And <laughs> here's, here's the synopsis. Detective okay. Fox loves work and alcohol. After going to AA, his sponsor, Chip, becomes the main suspect in his investigation of a missing kid. Fox also starts to believe that people are disappearing up Chip's butt. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. That is such a fucking fantastic fest log line. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's apparently pretty good. I've heard that it's pretty good. So uh, I'm going to make you watch it. Oh, thanks. Uh, you haven't seen it yet, right? No, but we're starved for that content. So <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't one of the Fantastic Fest ones you saw. No, I saw like 20 movies at Fantastic Fest and saw the title and was like, mm, not for me. <laughs> and so I skipped it. <laughs> You're like, I've lived it, my friends. Oh, I don't Boy. need to watch it. Um, it's amazing how like <laughs> that became a movie that I would never watch based on title, and now during quarantine, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> like, like, well, nothing I guess else. It's time to watch Butt Boy, <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I'm really, I, mean, I would, yeah. Frankly, I would watch it based on the title. I don't know why. Like, a like that would be one. I'd be like, let's see what Butt Boy is all about. I watched the <laughs> fucking porno at Fantastic Fest because I got <laughs> fooled. By, uh, Boy, by those goddamn, were some novel times. I know, right? <laughs> by fucking Tim League and uh, Nicholas Wending Refn lying about a, it being a porn. Like it was like I've never seen a porn in a theater until then, and it's fucking weird, man. <laughs> I don't know how like people did it in the old days, um, or like even still now. Didn't Fred Willard get busted like recently? He sure did within the past like, off in the five point. or six years. Yeah. <laughs> like, I thought that was still a thing. But anyway. Um, yeah. So uh, if you want to e- uh, reach us, you can email us at podcast at cinesnob.net. Find us on Twitter at cinesnob, Facebook, cinesnob critic. Listen to our other podcasts. Uh, Re MCU episode five is out now. That's featuring Captain America, the first Avenger. And then Quarren Stream, which we mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, should be out sometime soon at the mercy of Apple Podcasts, um, where uh, you and I, Cody, uh, threw a recommendation out to uh, a guest, in this case, comedian Jerry Rocha, uh, for films he should watch during quarantine. 
Yeah. And um, um, he gave us a suggestion uh, for a film to watch, too. So he's going to pick one of our films, and then we're both going to watch the the uh, film he suggested. Right. So, and, and then and we, we, uh, we bullshit about comedy and stuff for, like, 45 minutes, and then we get down to the premise of the show. Well, I mean, the premise of the show sort of is bullshitting about comedy, so I'm uh, it's at least well, half I, of it. I, so. I know. I know, but I mean... Yeah. But yeah, so I, I and we also keep track, so we're we're keeping a running score of uh so we have a point system that we sort of figure out in the moment <laughs> uh in episode in one of the episodes. So uh uh yeah, so I'm looking forward to uh to getting that out in the world and having everyone uh take a listen. Yeah, and have you been updating your uh letterboxed in this quarantine, Cody? Um no. Or did that fall <laughs> by the did that, that fell by the way, so I was dude, I was too <laughs> I was waist deep in quick bites, man. I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh... <laughs> anyway, uh, quick Quibi is out now. If you'd like to to check out some of the stuff we talked about, you do get a first uh, ninety days for free, uh, so you can check out. Um, I, you know, I think maybe um, you know, uh, survive is worth checking out because it's a. I, I don't necessarily like it, but it's a drama told in a little different style, um, and I do think Memory Hole is fun. Uh, and if you were a punked fan, you'll probably like this punked also. Um, yeah. Uh, also, also, you can find my stuff um, at uh, thehardtimes.net. I've got another one. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be out by the time this is released, but it's a Simpsons-related uh, article, which is probably my dream to write, is a Simpsons-related humor article. Damn. Uh, yeah. Uh, anything else before we get this uh, get this packed up and shipped out? No, just uh, hope everyone out there is staying safe and healthy. And if and if you uh, if we're missing any sort of releases that you're hearing about, send us an email and we'll see if we can track it down. And uh, you know, as I long mean, we're as at, but we're at but we're at butt boy now, so <laughs> I think we're we're scraping the bottom already. But yeah, things are getting you know, dire around here. So uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, and and we'll continue as long as there's releases continuing to come out we'll be here covering and uh we may pivot at some point to to do we've been talking about some other ideas behind the scenes of stuff that we might do so uh yeah so we'll we'll try to keep content as fresh as possible and uh, as frequent as possible yep all right on that note i'm jared kingery i'm cody viafania thank you for listening to this cine snob podcast to read reviews interviews and more visit cinesnob.net see you next week